This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. Now, here are two gentlemen that lead in a 200 church and strive to provide information that will make you smile, think, and be challenged. Oh, and they're all around nice guys, Jeff and Johnny. Thanks for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast today. I am Johnny Craig, and as always, I am joined by... Jeff Cady. Yes, that's right. And today we are going to get practical with you 200 church leaders. What are we going to talk about today, Jeff? We're talking about technology, like the World Wide Web. Yes. You know, the Facebook. The Internet. The www.somethingsomething.coms. The, tw- the Twitters. Have you heard of this? I've heard of Twitter. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it is never going to amount to anything. A bunch of birds. It's not going anywhere. No, I don't think so. It's just a fad. So anyway, if... if <laughs> If you haven't heard of Twitter, this podcast is for you. Even if you have heard of Twitter, this podcast is for you. Because it's really important that we, as 200 churches, utilize technology well. Because in a lot of ways, it's like a free tool that we can leverage to inform our people about what's happening in our church, to uh, grow our church. As we, That's not always the goal here at 200 Churches, right? But this is, uh, technology can be used for that end. And it really to leave a good impression with everybody who visits our websites, our Facebook pages, and all that type of stuff. This is an opportunity for us to put our best foot forward into the public. So as 200 church leaders, technology is important. Okay, let me tell you a short story. In 1997, we were sitting in our in our offices and we were having a staff meeting. And it suddenly occurred to me what we could do with a website. Because before that, you would have to create you would have to create flyers and pamphlets and brochures and you'd want to send them out to people and you would maybe direct mail and you would advertise your church. Sure. And the best was the four color glossy. So if you can get four color glossy, you know, the, and four color glossy is like living color. Okay. Okay. You've never heard of four color glossy. I don't know. I haven't. Okay. So, but you'd have to pay big money, big money, because you'd have to send it to a printers. There were no such thing at the at the time of even color copiers. They just, I mean, maybe they had them in the huge, huge places, but but not in any office settings. So all of a sudden, I realized. If we'd start a website, we could put on full-color brochures and full-color print stuff on the screen. For free. For free. And I, and I told my staff I, at the time, the, the guys that I worked with, I said, hey, we should, we should buy a billboard and we should put just the name of our church, ourchurch.com, on the billboard. That's all we would need to put. People would see that they would say, get out. There's a church on the internet, and they would go to it, and they would see our stuff. Wow. 16 years ago. That's, inc- <laughs> that's, and it, that's incredible. It occurred to me, we could do it for free. Wow. Now look at us. Well, no, every, if you no. don't have a website, oh my goodness, that's what's truly embarrassing. So things have changed. So anyway, we were talking about six things that we could use in technology to help us do our ministry, or, or actually six ways we should use social media and technology in our 200 church. And the first way we talked about was Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I joked about calling it the Facebook, but right. come on, everybody knows Facebook these days. Everybody's on Facebook. I, I was actually a Facebook holdout. I deleted my account. I was I was against Facebook, but then I took a job at a church and I wanted to keep up with my students. I wanted to keep up with um, people in the congregation, and I realized this is the best way to do it. I mean, everybody you, is on Facebook. You can't Facebook. do ministry. We, you can't do ministry properly if you're not on Facebook. That sounds silly, 
But no, it's, it's kind of true. true. It is true. In 2013, that really is the case. So Facebook. So this is a great way for your 200 church. Create a page. If you don't have one, you need one. Go out, create a page. And this is a great way to keep people up to date on what is going on at your church, any special events, any special activities. You wanted a website to have your uh, direct mailers on. Facebook would be the place to do it now. And so uh, we actually don't even have a church calendar on our website anymore. We keep people up to date via Facebook, and and that's a great thing to do. And Um, And if you don't know how to use it, just find a younger person, ask them how. Oh, yeah. Have them sit, you know, sit down with them and have them explain it to you. That's yeah. My, my wife is a mentor mom in the MOPS program, oh, Mothers yeah. of Preschoolers, and she realized very quickly working with young mothers that the way she can stay connected with them, know what's going on in their life, is to be on Facebook with absolutely, them. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she could not be a mentor mom and do what she needs to do if she were not on Facebook. Facebook, I mean, it's the great connector. And what's great is you might be listening today and thinking, yeah, my church has a Facebook account, but I hate maintaining it. I hate getting on there all the time and trying to maintain it. What's great about Facebook is your page can have multiple administrators. So you can be an administrator. Maybe uh, your husband or wife can be an administrator, um, elders in the church, uh, deacons. I mean, give it to people you trust. <laughs> Don't just run willy-nilly uh, making anybody an administrator. But you can have multiple administrators, and that kind of decentralizes all the workload falling on you um, for the Facebook and for the uh, social media updates. And when crazy, improper stuff shows up on it, it just makes it more exciting. That's exactly right. And now you have plausible deniability. So that's right. So Facebook. Facebook is number one. Yes. What's number two? Number two uh, on our list is Twitter. It's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is here to stay. It's yeah. going the way of CompuServe. Twitter, Twitter seems to be here to stay. Who knows? It could go the way of MySpace. But Twitter seems to be here to stay. This is a lot more for your tech-savvy congregants, okay? Um, your, your average, everyday um, person might not have Twitter, but some of your business professionals who might attend your church, they'll for sure have Twitter. Yes. Um, college students, a lot uh, it's big with college students to have Twitter. And this is a great way, um, again, to get information about your church out, but also... It's more public than Facebook. You know, somebody doesn't have to like it to to see it, right? Everything on Twitter is public, and so it gives you an opportunity to put a foot into the community um, via technology uh, in a in a really neat kind of way. You do have to follow people, though. And well, if you don't follow them, you're not going to see their stuff. That's true. Johnny, I think you told me, and I've heard this from other people, that they actually get all their news from Twitter. Because they follow the different uh, cable news and network news uh, places and all of these, what would you call them, indie news websites? Sure, yeah. Right? News just blogs, follow, yeah. Yeah, you just follow those and, uh, and you get your news. And you get your news as it happens. So, and it's, it's also a chance um, for us as pastors, um, you know, if you're reading something that's really great online, uh, something that you think would be valuable to share with other people, Twitter is, I mean, it's basically custom built to share links and share articles with other people who are, who are out there, who are online. And so if you've, you know, you don't want to be the pastor who sends all sorts of spam emails and you don't want to be the pastor who's filling up Facebook feeds. Well, Twitter is a great opportunity for, uh, for you to share those types of things. So third, we have email. Email. My CompuServe account. Yeah. Right? Who in the world? Nobody even knows. They don't even think that's funny because they don't even know what CompuServe even is. I I have to say this about email, and if you're offended, I'm sorry. Send us an email, and we'll laugh at your address. But 
if you have a Hotmail account, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. It's passe. Go get a big boy email account. Nobody takes you seriously if you have a Hotmail account. AOL account? No. Get rid of it. Yahoo? Go get- Yahoo. Yahoo's fringe. I I won't I won't throw Yahoo hard under the bus, but I would say Gmail would be the the uh, highest level email address that you can have. Me.com. Me.com's not bad. Yeah. Or if you are like us, you can uh, have an email through your domain. So Right. You know, pastor at yourchurch.com. That's perfect. Um, if you use Google Apps, which is what we use for our email, um, you can get your domain name email. And, and that's a really great professional way to do things. Um, when I see a pastor who has a Hotmail or an AOL account, I just shake my head. I don't what, know what to do about that. For $50 a year, you can have Reagan.com. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Craig at Reagan.com. That's bizarre. That is bizarre, isn't it? Wouldn't you want that? I mean, that's not polarizing as a pastor, is it? I don't think I would <laughs> want that. Anyways, email. It's 2013. Every pastor, every leader listening to this, you should be email savvy, okay? Use groups. Utilize your address book. And see, mo- like Gmail, you don't have like an address book per se. It just automatically saves every single person you've ever sent an email to. But you can then go in and link those people into groups. So, Jeff, you actually purchased an Android phone instead of an iPhone because of the capability to email to groups. Isn't that yeah, right? B- yeah, because if your church is like ours and you use Google Apps... You've got Google, you've got Gmail, and Android phones work much better with Gmail. So from my phone, I can email our entire congregation. Somebody sends me an email and says, hey, you know, we're going through this. We'd really like the congregation to pray for us, and I can immediately send that out. I've done this. I've been at basketball games. I've been out driving. I've been at the store. I've been I've been to, a thousand miles away at my, with relatives, and I have sent emails to our entire congregation about things that were happening right then. So what Whatever group it is, for me, I have a group of college student emails. I have a group of high school parents' emails, middle school parents. All I have to do is type in middle school parents, and everybody in that email or everybody in that group is going to get an email. So this is high level communication. Facebook, we were talking about earlier, that's low level communication. If you just need to send a real quick message, you can use the chat or messages feature. Um, A lot of college and high school students use that. Email, that's what you're going to want to use for serious sort of communication with anybody in your church, business professionals out there. Use email. Email is just as good as a phone call uh, 98% of the time. The next thing is Jeff's 1997 genius idea, the website. The website. Well, Michael Hyatt calls your website your home base. This is the place where you live. This is the place that you control. It doesn't have ads on it that you don't want it to have. It doesn't have stuff popping up. This Your website's your home base, and it's really your, it's really your business card in 2013. Unlike 10 years ago when more color and more flash and more things bouncing in was really exciting, now it's really clean, consistent. Concise, simple, straightforward. That's really what people are looking for. Because if somebody goes to your website, they want to be able to very easily see 
What is your address? What's the contact information? What time are your services? And there's so many ways. If you're a 200 church pastor and you're thinking, I don't have the resources to do a website overhaul. A new website, if you want to pay a web designer, could you, could run you $5,000. Yeah, or, or more. Or more. Or more. Yeah. And if you're thinking, I don't have the resources, we're just going to stick with our terrible GeoCities uh, website, don't. Okay? There is, there is a website building platform for any level of expertise that you may or may not have. If you if you're great, you can build something on WordPress. Uh, if you're like me and Jeff, and you're just kind of beginners with this whole building of a website thing, um, there's a there's a place called Weebly. Just do some research, and you can find these sites that make it so so easy to build a good looking professional website. When I first got to our church here. Our website was a little dated. It was a little dated. It was, at the time, high quality, but it really, yeah, it just got dated after just five years. Yeah. Five, I mean, five years in the internet ages. Right. And so we we ended up canceling our contract with the company, and um, my wife did a website build through this uh, Weebly, is uh, what she did it through. Um, it took her about a day and how much are we saving a month now? How much were we paying that? Uh, oh, we're service? saving about $75 a month. $75 a month. So if you're paying, you know, just look at this area. Look and see is it worth the money that we're paying right now? Should we try to do our own build? Should we get somebody in the church to do it? A website is important. And I just want to stick in right here in our talk that if you think you got to get it just perfect and get it just right before you're going to do it or release it, that's not the way to think anymore because nobody has everything up to date, current, you know, just top of the line in all these different technology areas. You've just got to get in. You've got to get involved. You've got to, you know, try some things out. Sometimes if you've got poor quality and dated information, it's better to have nothing. But it's always better to start somewhere. I mean, you got to start somewhere, get your feet wet, and get going with it. So don't wait till you can do it perfectly. No, absolutely. But for your website, try to keep as much of that information up to date as possible. Um, try to, you know, you don't want to have somebody come to your website and see things from three, four months ago. Uh, you know, I don't want to come to your website tomorrow and see that the current series is about um, Christmas. Yeah, that, no, that's not good. That's just unprofessional. That doesn't bode well for your church. I will wonder if your church is closed, if that happens. So keep your information as up-to-date as possible. Uh, it's, it's, it is embarrassing to have old information on your site. Another thing that we can use as 200 church pastors are personal blogs. You know, you could make a blog page, you know, the pastor's blog on your church website, or you could run your own independent blog page for yourself. Um, either way, it's a really great thing for a pastor or a leader of a 200 church to have. It gives you a chance to go deeper with the content that you're trying to share on Sunday morning. It gives you a chance to flesh out some ideas, to point people toward resources, to bring people up to speed if they've missed some parts of a series. Any of those things, it just gives you an outlet to share more information. And you have to you have to write about something that you're passionate about. I have never in my life kept a diary. I have never in my life written consistently with any regularity other than messages and lessons and things like that. I don't really like to talk about myself, so I don't want to just 
talk about everything that I've done. But when we started 200churches.com, I do have, I am very passionate about four pastors in smaller churches for their ministries, for their heart, for their family, for their leadership, because I really believe that that pastors in smaller churches are going to make a huge difference and they're going to, they are going to crank out disciples who make disciples and who go on to influence hundreds and thousands of people. So when it's my turn to sit down and write a blog post, I'm excited about it. I am not, I'm not depressed about it. I'm not reluctant. I am motivated. I'm excited. And I want to write because I want to help pastors of smaller churches. So what's your passion? What are you really passionate about? What fuels you and motivates you? That's the thing that you should blog about. And it may not be what everybody else is writing about. And blogs are a great way if you feel like you have something important to share, and as pastors, I think, you know, all of us do, this is a great way to reach out further and broader than you do on a Sunday morning. This is your chance to put it out there for the whole internet, get different eyes on it, get all sorts of people who, who might not be able to come to your church, who might live in different parts of the country, who knows what the situation is, but this gives you an opportunity to broaden your reach. And if you have something important to say, like we feel like we do at 200 Churches, a blog gives you the opportunity to say it. And look at the blog post for this particular podcast. You'll see a lot of links on there, and we'll point you to a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about. Finally, this last area is maybe the hardest to manage and to master of all the ones that we've talked about. This would be not for beginners, necessarily, and that is YouTube. And and into this, you could wrap... You could wrap Instagram. Uh, you could wrap like a Flickr account to share photos from your church. You could wrap any of those other types of media sharing platforms. But YouTube is one that larger churches utilize and I think would be a really great thing for more 200 churches to utilize. But we have to do it well. If you're not going to do it well... Don't do it at all. And with so many of our smartphones today, you can get really high-quality video. It's just that the content has to be as high-quality as the picture is. Exactly. So you can go on YouTube, create a channel for your church, or if you don't want to go on YouTube, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. Yeah, that's, that's a great place. That's more of a nonprofit, artsy type of video sharing service, less clutter than YouTube. You can create a channel. Lots of churches have these. And then you could you could put your services online, uh, video blogs from the pastor. If your church ever uses um, promo videos for a series, anything like that can be uploaded online. And then that gives your people something that they can go and share. Um, it gives them some way to be involved with your church throughout the week. So really, we're just scratching the surface talking about technology. And obviously, you could go online and you can check out technology podcasts. There are literally hundreds, probably thousands of them. There's a glut of technology podcasts out there. And uh, you could get onto YouTube and you could say, you can type in and search for how to anything, how to make a pancake, how to repair a bike tire, how to create a sermon, and you will find instruction for that. So if you've got questions for any of these, how to use Twitter, how to use Facebook, how to use email, there are all kinds of tutorials on YouTube, and you can get all the help you'd ever want. Absolutely. And you know, I just realized we didn't touch on something that would be important for churches, how to make a podcast. You know, I thought about that, and I thought, you know what, maybe that's a, just that's just a separate podcast. It's a how to make a podcast podcast. How to make a podcast podcast. So we hope that this has been helpful to you. Remember, consistency is the key to using technology, to using these social media platforms. If 
if you're only going to put something on Twitter once a month, put something on Facebook once a month, you're never going to gain traction. People aren't going to know that they can continue to come back and get relevant, helpful information. So consistency is key. And if, and if you have to utilize somebody in your church uh, to run these sites, hey, that's a great way to get people involved. But just utilize these technologies for the life of your church. We hope this has been helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God. Thank you.